Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. We're going to dive into our text in, in, in just a moment. Um, the story was, was told of, of, a, of a Muslim man who became a, a, a Christian uh, in, in Africa. And uh, about that time, some of his friends asked him, uh, why? Why have you become a, a, a Christian? And he, and, he, and he answered and he said, well, it's, it's like this. Suppose you were going down the road and suddenly the, fork, uh, the road forked in two different directions. Uh, and, and so as you came to this fork and you, you didn't know which way to go, and there at the fork in, in the road there were two men, uh, one, one dead and, and one alive, which one would you ask which way to go? <laughs> he is risen. Let's try it one more time. He is risen. Amen. Church family, this morning we're going to look at John 11 and, and the, the reality of the resurrection. But, but I, want to, I want to start with a, a question. Christian, if, if Jesus is raised, if Jesus is raised, is He the source of your life? Is He the very source of your life? But I want you to hold that thought because I think so often when we hear that phrase or when we think about that question, we think, oh, is Jesus like the source of my significance? Is He the source of my identity? Is He the source of my purpose or, or my mission? And Christian, I, like, I pray, I pray that He is all those things. But Christian, the Bible, the Bible reveals that Jesus is the source of your life means so much more means so much more. The Bible reveals that, that Jesus literally holds your next breath. Amen? And it also, it also, Scripture tells us, it reveals that Jesus is the source of abundant and eternal life. Amen? Jesus is the source of abundant and eternal life. And so uh, this morning, I, I want to key in on verses 25 and 26. But, but before we get there and before we get to our, our, our first point this morning, I, I want to give a little background uh, from John chapter 11. Uh, at the beginning of John 11, you, you have this scenario where, where Lazarus becomes gravely ill. Uh, and he's, he's in Bethany, he's, which was about two miles east of Jerusalem. Uh, so Mary and Martha, the, the, the sisters of Lazarus, they send word for Jesus to come quickly. Jesus was on the other side of the Jordan River. He was uh, about 150 miles away at this point. Instead of dropping everything and, and booking it to Bethany, though, the text tells us that Jesus stayed where He was for a couple of days longer. But He also says specifically in verse 5, He says this, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified 
through it. So, so fast forward and Jesus rolls, he rolls into Bethany and, and, and Lazarus at this point has succumbed to his sickness. He's gone. Now, in the other Gospels, we see these, these accounts of Jesus raising people from the dead. We, we see the account of Jesus raising, raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. In, in, I believe it's in Luke 7. We see Jesus go into the town of Nain and He raises a widow's son from the dead. But, but the thing is, in those instances, Jesus, Jesus brought life immediately after death. Right? Immediately after death, Jesus brought life. See, Lazarus... Lazarus' church family was a little bit different. See, Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. The text tells us he had been in the tomb for four days. The funeral service has already been held. His body is already starting to decompose. The the mourners are, are in full effect. They're lamenting and weeping and grieving. You get to verse 20 through 24 and, and see while, while Mary stayed home. Uh, Martha, Martha, the, the woman of action, hears that Jesus has rolled into town and she immediately goes out to meet Jesus. And in verse 21, see a lot of people see verse 21, if, if you're following along in the text, as, as a, like a mild rebuke. I, I, I just see it as a, a sister in pain. I see it as, this, as, as, a, as a sister who was hurting and out of the overflow of the emotion that was going on in her heart, that emotion hits her lips and she cries out to Jesus. But the truth of the matter is, Martha wasn't wrong. Like Martha, Martha was not wrong. She understood that if Jesus had been present, her brother, her brother would still be there. And so in verse 22, she kind of softens her initial response and she says this, even now, even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And then in verse 23, we see Jesus' response, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. Of course, unbeknownst to Martha, Jesus meant like, like right then and there, right? He meant right then and there. He wasn't, he wasn't talking just about the, the future resurrection. He was giving her and everyone present a heads up that a miracle was about to go down. And see, church fam, the, the faithful Israelites, faithful Jews, they... They, they believed in the bodily uh, resurrection, the future bodily resurrection of God's people. We, we see that in Daniel chapter 2. Even Job, way back, Job said it this in Job 19, 25-27, I, For I know my Redeemer lives, and at last He will stand upon the earth, and after my... Listen to this wording. After my skin has been thus destroyed, yet... In my flesh, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. Isaiah the prophet said this in Isaiah 26, 19. Your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake, sing for joy, for your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. See, Martha, Martha knew the Old Testament. 
She knew the Old Testament. Tony Evans says this, Martha's theology, it was sound. Her theology was sound, Evans says. She knew that her, bro- her brother would be raised on the final day. She would be, he would be raised in the resurrection on the last day. But Tony Evans says this, but Jesus wanted her to know that the resurrection isn't just an event. The resurrection's a person. Amen? It's not just a, an event. It's a person. And so we get to verse 25 and our first point this morning. Jesus says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. And our first point this morning is is simply this. Jesus gets the final word on death. Amen? Jesus gets the final word on death. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, final word. Look at your other neighbor and say, final word. (laughs) Matt Carter in the Christ-centered exposition commentary says this. Jesus was talking about something even bigger, even more re- remarkable. Notice, Carter says this, Jesus doesn't say, I, hey, I can resurrect people. I can do that. Hey, I, 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 have, I have life. No, He says, I am the resurrection. He says, I, I am the life. Church fam, our, our hope is not ultimately in an event the event of the resurrection, our hope is in a person. Amen? And so check this out. Jesus Jesus says, I I am. See, when God God in Exodus chapter 3 wanted to reveal Himself to Moses at the burning bush, and and Moses says, "Uh, what what is your name? And and, and God says, "I, I am. God revealed Himself as the I Am, the, the, the self-existent One, the eternal God, the author of, of life, the Creator and the Sustainer over His creation. And so when you get to the Gospel of John, you see these seven I Am statements of Jesus. So in John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the, I am the bread of life. Then you get to John chapter 8 and Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You get to John 10 and He says, I I am the door of the sheep. Later in John 10, He says, I am the good shepherd. Then you get to John 11 and He says, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then in John 15, He says, I am the true vine. So this was the fifth of Jesus I am statements. And earlier in John 5, you may want to jot this down. It's important. John 5:26. Jesus said, "For as the Father, listen to this wording, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to also have life in himself." See, these I am statements of Jesus are nothing short of Jesus equating Himself with the self-existent One. Amen? Equating Himself with with the Old Testament God who revealed Himself in power to a Levite named Moses. 
And see, the Apostle John, he had already said as much. He, he said this from the jump, from the very beginning in John 1.4, from the very beginning of his Gospel. He said, in Him, in Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of men. Church family, Jesus is the Lord. He's sovereign over life. Amen? And is the self-existent one as the source of life. He's sovereign over His creation. So, so when He gives the authoritative word on the resurrection, like we, should, we should listen. Like we should listen. And you say, well, why? Because, we, listen, we, we all, we've talked about this, we all have a, a date with death. Like we all have it. And so, uh, listen, it's like this. I, uh, ben, our, our, our kindergarten, uh, kindergartner, he, it's six years old. Little man is, man, he is spiritually intuitive. Like God just put that in his heart. And I've had this conversation with Ben more than once, several times at this point, where, where Ben, like, what do you say to a six year old who, who fears death? And he says, Dad, like, I, I, I don't, like, I don't want to die. Like, Dad, I, I don't want you or, or mom to die. Like, do I look at him and say, Oh, buddy, listen, when we die, you know, that's, that's just it, bud. We, you know, we just, we just go back to the ground. Do I, do I say, you know, buddy, that's why we just need to make the, the best of this life and let's just try to assign as much arbitrary value as we can to our, our time uh, on, on this earth. No, I, I tell him, Ben, God loves you. I say, buddy, God, God loves you. And death, death was not his direct doing. It was a, a Result, it was a consequence of sin. But listen, I, I say, Ben, God, God made a way. God made a way. That, that's why we trust Jesus, buddy. Because the Bible says this, this body is not it. One day we will, we will be resurrected just like our Savior, just like Jesus who has gone before us. We will be resurrected in, in, into, with, with imperishable bodies. Bodies that don't, that don't have to deal with sickness and cancer and disease. Bodies that don't break down. Bodies that don't go back to the dust. Bodies that will be resurrected into God's kingdom. See, Jesus says, whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. Though he die, Yet shall he live. See, if I, if I say that, it doesn't matter. If your favorite celebrity says that, like it really doesn't matter. If the president says it, it, like, it really doesn't matter. And listen, even if Dr. Fauci, in his professional medical opinion, says that you will live after death, like it doesn't amount to a hill of beans, right? It's East Texas talk. <laughs> But if Jesus says it, you better, you better listen because the I am gets the final word on death. Amen? The I am gets the final word. Verse 26, in our second point this morning, says everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he, he simply asked Martha, do you believe this? Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Our second point this morning is just this. Resurrection belief 
should be consequential. Amen? Resurrection belief should be consequential. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, consequential. That was weak. Look at your other neighbor and say, consequential. (laughs) Amen. Church fam, the Bible teaches that at death, the the soul, uh, the, the, the spiritual part of the Christ follower goes to be with the Lord. Paul says it like this in Philippians 1, 21 through 23. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I... Sh- Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. And then Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 5, he says this, So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So Scripture is revealing that to to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But, But clearly... In John eleven twenty six, Jesus is not just talking about physical death because church fam, let, let's let's keep it real. Like Lazarus, Lazarus would die again, right? Lazarus, Lazarus would physically die again. But listen, physical death is not it's not the final chapter. There is another kind of death, a, a, an eternal separation from God, from the presence of God, from the from the kingdom of God that is far more terrifying, amen, than physical death. Far more terrifying. But see, by demonstrating his power. To raise Lazarus from the dead. Check this out. With a spoken word. With a spoken word. Jesus showed His mastery and His authority over both physical and spiritual death. And later, Jesus' own resurrection would become the final final authoritative word over sin and death. Amen? And if death, listen, if death was the penalty for sin and sinners, it held no power over the perfect self-existent source of life. Y'all hear me? If death was the penalty for sin and sinners, it held no power over Jesus. It held no power over the self-existent one. It held no power over the authoritative source of life. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 15-12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there's no resurrection of the dead? See, Paul's letting us in on a truth that the resurrection, it's a game changer. And he would go on in 1 Corinthians 15, 20-21 and say, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. See, so, so many of our, our issues in this life stem from us like strenuously trying to hold on to what we have. Right? So many of our issues, we, we want to hold on to our wealth. 
We want to hold on to our, our health. We want, to, we want to hold on to appearances. And we want to hold on to security. And we want to, we want to hold on to fill in the blank. And so you construct all these like control mechanisms because you're trying to, to hold on to, to what you have. It's, it's, it's like this. I, I remember growing up as a church kid going uh, to, to a camp where uh, I, I did my, my first high ropes course. <laughs> and, I, and I remember climbing up, climbing up uh, the, the power pole and, and you, you shimmy up the 40-foot the telephone pole and you, and you find yourself standing up and your knees are knocking on this like two-foot-by-two-foot platform. <laughs> and, and, and you look out and there's, and there's this, this bar dangling, the, the infamous power bar, it's dangling in front of you. And it looks like it's a mile away and the, the instructor, the ropes course instructor just nonchalantly is like, yeah, you're going to want to jump off and just, just go ahead and grab the bar. And you're like, I'm sorry, excuse me? <laughs> what, what did you say? And, and, and so... And a lot of folks, they get up to the, they get up to the top of that platform on that pole. And, and, and listen, their knees are, are knocking. And, and, they, and, it's, and it's like, hey, no, no, actually, no thanks. No thanks. I, I think I am going to stick to the comfort and security of my tiny little platform. Okay? <laughs> but then, there are those who, who jump. And until you, until you grab that bar, you, like, you, you don't understand what you've been miss, missing. You, you don't understand the, the, the rush, the joy, the, the relief that comes over you. But, but you, can't, you can't hold on. You can't stay where you are. You, you've got to jump. And so, listen, church, in the same way, the, the truth of the resurrection has to carry enough weight in the life of the Christ follower that they let go of the stuff in the security of this world. Amen? But it's not a, it's not a blind leap. It is a, listen, it is a, an informed and a historical faith. See, the problem, the problem is that we don't live like Jesus, church, we don't live like Jesus is the source of our life. And so we look for life in the stuff of this world. But here's, here's what the doctrine of the resurrection means, Christ's follower. It means that if you, if you have the promise of eternal life, in a, in a sense, you can, you can already enjoy resurrection life this side of eternity because you, you already know death has no hold on you. And I talked about this last week, but the American church, man, we ignore the reality of the resurrection. And we don't talk about it. We don't talk about Christ raised bodily. We don't talk about our hope in a future resurrection. Like we don't, we don't talk about these things. We don't preach it. We don't spur one another on with the resurrection in view. And I think it's, it's because we've made this world our, our, our heaven. And we've made this world our kingdom. And, and, and we've forgotten. Listen, church fam, the Gospel belief doesn't end with Jesus on a cross, 
right? Doesn't, doesn't end with Jesus on the cross. Because of a risen Savior, listen, gospel belief is infused with resurrection hope. Gospel belief sees Christ, the victorious one, sovereign, sovereign over sin and death. It sees Christ over my sin and in my death. It sees Christ as the source of my life and my resurrection. And, and so you say, well, well what, is, what does this mean? Like, how do, we, how do we apply this? What does this mean for you, church? What does this mean for you, Christian? It means that others should feel the weight of your resurrection belief in your words, in your actions, in your values. Y'all hear me? When others interact with you, man, they should feel the the weight of your resurrection belief. Like it should impact how you see the world. It should impact how you talk. It should impact what you do. It means you you don't despair like a lost world. It means you, you don't get caught up in the, in the cultural narrative on either side. It, it, it means you, you give your life away for the sake of others, for the glory of God. It means you, you, don't, you don't cling to your stuff with a, with a death grip. Because you know that death has lost its grip on you and, and your greatest possession is Jesus. I, I, I hate... Everybody say consequential. Resurrection belief should be consequential. I, 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 hate, uh, I hate renting cars. Um, I, I just had this conversation with, with, with my sister last night. Uh, she and her husband, Pablo, they, they, they rented like a, like a, like a two-year-old like Ford Explorer. And, 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 like and, and, and the reason I hate rentals is because people like dog them out because they don't own them, right? <laughs> just, so Christy was telling me they rented like this two-year-old Ford Explorer and like the transmission went out. I'm like, how does a two-year-old car transmit? Because somebody ran it ragged, you know? So you get in a rental, it's like, why, why yes? Like, let's, let's see how fast we can go from zero to 100 in, in this Toyota Venza with 65 horsepower. Let's do it. Right? Why, yes, I'll smoke my cigar. Because Jonathan has to smell it next. Because he's going to rent it. <laughs> See, with ownership, with ownership comes, comes consequence. And, and so, so what's, what's my point? Christian, like, you, don't, you don't rent the resurrection. You don't test drive the resurrection. You own the resurrection. Like you, man, you believe that. You, you take ownership of it. Jesus ended this with this question to Martha Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Not, not, just, not just intellectually. Listen, not just with mental assent. Y'all, the, the demons believe. Right? They know Jesus is risen. Like they're operating in the spiritual realm. Like they see, they know, they know that Christ is risen. I'm asking, have you taken ownership of the resurrection and all that it that it means? I, I think a question that 
lot, a lot of Christians are not asking is how, how does the resurrection impact your personal life like right now? How does the resurrection impact your personal life right now? Let me close. I'll close with this this morning. Let me close with this. It, it's like this. When, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm hungry, I, I don't want a pictorial directory of gourmet food. I want an actual meal, preferably with meat and protein. Okay? If I, if I want to get in, in shape, uh, I can stare at, the, at that exercise equipment. Like, and it could be top of the line stuff. Like, it could be great equipment. But, but listen, staring at it is not going to do it. If I ever, if I ever experience heart problems, listen, I, like, I don't want a heart manual. I want Dr. Ken Wigley, okay? Warren Wiersbe says this, Likewise, when you face your last enemy death, you want the Savior and not a doctrine written in a book. And Wiersbe says, in Jesus Christ, every doctrine, every doctrine is made personal. So here's the call. Right? Because we're going to, we've already been, been celebrating Easter and we, we're, we're hanging with family and we're eating way too much sugar and we got eggs and we got Easter bunnies and, 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 and all the things, but here's the call. Don't, don't celebrate Easter without neglecting to ask, do I have a personal relationship with the risen One? Do I have a personal relationship with the risen One? Do I know the author and the source of life? Do I know Him? And is the source of my life found in Jesus Christ alone. Y'all pray with me.